1: Back, hold them hostage. Come I'm excited, going over, son. I think, I think the NFC, from a betting perspective, mm-hmm. you'll get better value because there's a little bit more randomness. I think at the moment, right? With the NAFC, we kind of know the teams that are good, and mm. we kind of know, well, we definitely know the teams that are bad. Will there be maybe one or two surprises? Of course, but I think the NFC is very interesting because. They're polarizing teams, right? Like, I say the Saints. This is, We're not going to go into detail here, but, like, the Saints, right? Like, I think their season can go very different, two very different ways. Like, I think they could win. They could have, like, a winning season, and I can also see them having a bad season. And I don't know. There's just, like, a lot of variables. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that we don't know yet. And uh, I think that will make it more interesting from a betting perspective. You'll get more value, I think, in some of these long shots, maybe, or something like that. I don't know. What do you think? Feel the same way? No?
2: Yeah. The thing, I'm looking at, like, the Super Bowl odds. Yeah. And there's, in the top 10, there's five AFC, five NFC. And I feel like that's wrong. I feel like there should be more AFC teams. Because I feel like the AFC is so much harder. Like, one of the reasons why I would be hesitant on pulling the trigger on a lot of AFC team propositions for, like, championships. You see my my seat keeps the I don't get why. Hydraulics, baby. Uh, there's just so much good quarterback talent in the AFC. So all those matchups are going to be hard. And I think some of those odds... You do get better value in the NFC. Because, like, a team like the Eagles at 15 to 1 to win the NFC is not out of the realm of possibility. Like, it's possible. But I think, like, the Saints 50 to 1, they can make a wild card. Yeah. And then come playoff time, that ticket's probably 25 to 1 to win the conference. Mm-hmm. So, that's kind of like my thinking with the NFC. I agree with you. Like there's some teams where I could see making a push that
1: because they're in the AFC. Yeah. I think the because the because of the depth of the AFC it makes it harder, right? Like the NFC is like kind of if you had to put a if you had to describe the NFC, I would say it's top heavy.
2: Yeah, right? And that's also like what you like to me, I really think the NFC it's a two team race I, really do. I think it's the Bucks And the Rams, Rams. And I'm What leaning- about the Packers Would you be wait- surprised Gotta wait and see Yeah I would be actually Okay I gotta wait and see Let me see them the first month Let me see how Rogers looks With these Well last guys year The never- first
1: game We threw that one out the window Yeah but that
2: was also The COVID Of like It was, it was the COVID yeah. stuff It was Rogers Was like ch- Checked in and out The entire off season He's gonna go do Jeopardy And all that He didn't train with the team Like It was a lot of different shit but I think I want to see the first month, like, yeah. you know, this second round wide receiver that they took, is he going to be popping right away, right off the bat?
1: Yeah. No, Adams is huge. I love the kids they drafted from Georgia.
2: So to me, that's why, like, I really think it's, and I would lean towards more so the Bucks than I do the Rams because I just think it's hard to defend, man. It's hard to be the defending champion and to have that same... Yeah. like excitement to like oh, we oh, hunger i should say hunger is bu- the best the
1: bucks got torched by injuries the whole
2: entire season secondary wide receiver not even injuries bro the chaos i went down with like a, ab yeah yeah you remove some of that stuff but anyway where you want to start you tell me bro Where are you thinking let's uh, start with a division i know how about that nfc east let's do it all right we got the cowboys plus 130 Eagles plus 190, the Commanders plus 450, the Giants at plus 900. Those are the odds to win their division. And then Imp, win totals, Giants at seven, Commanders at eight, the Cowboys at ten and a half, and the Eagles at nine and a half. And before I let you give me your thoughts, last year the records were 12 and five Dallas, nine and eight Eagles, Commanders seven wins, Giants four wins.
1: I'm highest on the Eagles because I think when they changed their offense about a quarter of the way through the NFL season last year, it was night and day. They pivoted from, hey, Jalen Hurts, throw the ball 30 times a game to, hey, Jalen Hurts, throw the ball 18, 20 times a game. We'll incorporate some more runs. And when they shifted to that kind of dominant running game, a little bit of the way through the season, everything changed, and they made the playoffs and they were they were outmatched by Tampa- w- without question in that first game, but I think you know that's that's an invaluable experience, and I think they're gonna ride that and then you bring in talk about a stud receiver, you know yeah. it's like and that was one of the holes on the roster because mm-hmm. the offensive line is very good. the quarterback can make plays.
2: If you're an Eagles fan, you're probably defending Jalen Hurts saying, "Yo, he wasn't really throwing anyone good. So that's why he didn't look as good. Like, I always have said, it, and I'll, I'll still say that going into next year. He's a, he's a better fantasy. Like, I would love to have him on my fantasy team because he can run. And the rushing is more than the passing. And he's more explosive on the ground than he is throwing. But also, you look and it's like, you know, Greg Ward. Yeah. And uh, Zach White RKO, uh, yeah, Whiteside. Yeah, Whiteside. And then, yeah, Jalen Rieger. And, you know, Devontae Smith was good, but still a rookie, yeah. right? He went through his ups and downs too. So now you're looking at uh, Devontae Smith. You got A.J. Brown, a healthy Miles Sanders. Finally, he's a guy who I've held stock on at the running back position. You're right. I'm probably the highest on the Eagles, and I hate and I got to say that, but just looking at it from, you know, a professional standpoint, not a fan standpoint, I think I would say right now, early, they're my pick to win the division. Plus 190. I like their win total. It's nine and a half. They went nine and eight last year, and I think it's an upgrade for their team. And this is also a anti-Dallas Cowboys. Like, I'm— I'm off Dallas. I don't. They're going to play our first place schedule. As you look at the the schedule for the Cowboys.
1: They were so hot and cold last year.
2: They just, until proven otherwise, man, why should I believe in them when all they've done is constantly in in big spots, just let them down? Yeah. Remember last year, they they blow out a team.
1: And then and and then then
2: they get blown out. And it happened like in a four consecutive week situation. First half of the season is going to tell us all we need to know about Dallas. They open up against Tampa Bay. They play the
1: Bengals, Rams, and Eagles. You'd be happy if you're 2-2. Two and two. Ecstatic. They're tied
2: for the easiest strength of schedule based off last year's records. Interesting. Because they have home games against the Lions and the Bears. And then they play the Texans and Jaguars as well as two games against the Giants. But this is another example of why the schedule is so important, because Dallas out the gates, tough. I might not want to bet them, but at, to win the Super Bowl at 18 to one, maybe I could get them at, you know, 25 to one, come, maybe
1: they're one in three,
2: or middle of October. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to do it because I still don't believe in them, but I'm saying as a hypothetical for you to understand why the schedule is so important. If
1: you want to bet them, do it then. yeah.
2: If that's the case.
1: Yeah, no, I feel you. I think uh, I think the Giants are gonna be better. I I love Brian Dable. You know. The Giants are finally in a position, bro, where they're
2: they're making moves that make sense to what they're doing. The thing that I hated about Gettleman was the team was in a clear rebuild and he was addressing it like it was a rebuild, but then making win now moves. Galladay. Galladay, Saquon Barkley. Uh, just those decisions and then you draft a Daniel Jones and it's like what are we doing yeah like why are we drafting Daniel Jones now when we could have drafted a quarterback the year the we year got before. Barkley so like the things didn't make sense now it's like alright we're cleaning house all these bad contracts that uh, Dave Gettleman gave out we're getting rid of them Bradbury you're awesome you're still a really good corner but we're in a rebuild we're not gonna give you 15 million dollars a year Logan Ryan same shit we he got do. traded right Bradbury nah they released him they released them.
1: So like now with Dable and uh, and uh, Sean. Uh, shown yeah, Bean is still in. That was Bean's right hand man. Right,
2: you you have guys that run a team like a twenty twenty, yeah, kind of NFL
1: team. And I believe in that front office because how I could you not if you're looking at what Buffalo built? I mean, they they talk about the number one turnaround for a quarterback, and not only that, what I think is is so fascinating about Buffalo is, um. It's this idea of the the team, like, how many, like, there aren't really many stars on the team. Like, think about the Bills.
2: Well, you've always been at it with the, like, they, they don't have a good weapon unit. I, I mean, it's Diggs. It's Diggs, yeah. Maybe Gabriel Davis after that. Yeah, play. yeah, Maybe but. Get, but he ain't going to drop four touchdowns a game. But,
1: I, but I, you're I, right. O- overall, it's not. How many guys on the Bills do you know? You're a bad example.
2: Right, but I hear what you're saying. Like, how many are starting on your fantasy team?
1: Or how many, just how many guys are, 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 are household names? Yeah, it's probably Diggs
2: and the quarterback, and then probably Cole Beasley for, you know, polarizing <laughs> takes. And the safeties. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, like, but
2: they have a very, like, very. Well, well balanced, balanced team yeah.
1: but well built and mm. I think you know I think that has a lot to do with the team the, the, that front office and, and 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 Brandon Bean, by the way the bills do this YouTube series where they really kind of give you a peek under the hood for what they're doing from a draft perspective and they had the kid uh uh um McDuffie no corner? the kid they drafted 20 I'm looking for right now Kyra El- Elam
2: Elam. Oh, McDuffie was
1: who the Chiefs
2: took. That's why I got mistaken.
1: So Elam gets drafted
2: mm-hmm.
1: 23rd, which, by the way, was a tr- was one of it was part of the trade with Arizona, Baltimore, Buffalo. That pick got moved around a couple times. They take that kid, Elam. They flashed back. I don't know. I tweeted the video out. I don't know if you saw it. It was him showing up to their, like, v- it was like a a, a draft to visit or during the combine. Bro, he pulled out. A, he showed up. It was all of it. Was the coach, the GM, the defensive coordinator? They're all sitting around. Elam shows up with a notebook, thick. It was a University of Florida notebook. That's where he went to school. It was a thick notebook. He goes, "I love taking notes." He goes, "He goes, I take notes on, you know, the other the other team, what they do, uh, mistakes that I've made, things that I could do." Bro, this book when I show you, it was thick, and the whole shit was full. Bro, they're just like he was just the the the, the GM and in, in that front office, they're just like going through this notebook while he's talking, and you could tell that guy fucking loves football, man. Like, and I think those are the guys that, that they want to build with. Yeah, and that's why I thought like Kayvon Thibodeau, man. Like, he got the short end of the stick, bro. Like, people were up in arms because the guys like NFTs, the guys into crypto, and and like yo, he's, and he was worried about building, not worried, but he
2: mentioned one of the things was like yo, I would love to play in a big market. Cause they kept asking him about New
1: York, and I was telling Alex. And also, sorry to cut you off, but there was two New York teams in the top ten. Of course, you're gonna speak to that. Right. You're like selling yourself to yeah. two of the teams that are gonna draft you potentially. Right. And
2: they and they mentioned like, oh, are you worried about the distraction and He's like, nah. One of the reasons why I would love to play in a city like New York is I want to build my personal brand. And I look up to a guy like Michael Strahan. And the clip came from a soundbite of him being interviewed prior to the draft by Michael Kay, who has the big. Talk show in New York. You he also use the Yankee guy too. But he has a show with uh, with Peter Rosenberg from Hot 97, and they're asking him this, and they completely leave out the part where Thibodeau is like, Yo, I want to build my personal brand. And one of my mentors is Michael Strahan, who has blossomed into the second part of his career, and he's a megastar now, he's a household name. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, like, my grandma knows who he is now. She didn't know who he was because of the Giants. She's like, oh, he's a guy that does... Same thing, the, Nate Burleson. The,
1: the, the morning shows and
2: shit. Yeah, Nate Burleson's done an amazing job over there transitioning. But Strahan was like, yo, bro, I don't get all those chances if I didn't ball on the field and I became a Hall of Famer and I won a Super Bowl. So, yeah, like, all that shit is good. He you understands mean, you gotta, it. Yeah, you got to play. And I, I just recently, hate to cut you off, no, no, I good. recently just rewatched The Last Dance. Jordan, when he's talking about his sneakers, he's like, that'll happen because I was performing on the court. Yeah, He's like, if I was
1: averaging two points a game. No one would buy my sneakers. No one's buying my yeah. sneakers. And I also think, to be fair to Tib.
2: And what's wrong with that, bro? Nah, Doesn't
1: there's nothing. Doesn't
2: everybody care about their personal
1: brand now? Yeah, he's just a little bit more honest about it. Yeah, he's just not beating. Her. He's being <laughs> that, transparent. You know what's so funny about the NFT thing? That was actually Phil Knight's idea. He Thibodeau went to Oregon. I I I was hearing some some pre-draft interview where Thibodeau was explaining his relationship with Oregon or whatever. He goes, yeah, you know, one day, you know, Phil Knight called me. He goes, but I didn't have his number saved, and 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 he called himself Philip on the phone. He goes, hey, he goes, he goes, hey, Kevin, this is Philip, and like for the first five minutes of the conversation, Thibodeau didn't even know who he was talking to. It's lo and behold, it's Phil Knight. The guy who pretty much he started Nike and he runs. He's like the biggest Oregon donor. It was it was it was Phil Knight's idea to get in him into the NFTs. So it's like it's it's not, almost like not fair in a way because first of all, all young kids are into that shit anyway. Second of all, it came from like this media mogul who ran the school that he went to. So it's it's not like it kind of was just it was like this fabrication, this shit that came out of nowhere like it's all kind of almost accounted for in a way. Not that it needs to be accounted for in the first place, but I'm just saying, like, it's clearly, like, there was a story, like, he got to Oregon, he ball- balled out, got tight with Phil Knight, obviously, built that relationship, and then he, you know, his personality, X, Y, Z, so, I I just think he's getting the short end of the stick a little bit in terms of all of that personality, X, Y, Z, fuck that.
2: But, bro, I just don't understand what the big deal is if a, if a dude or a woman want to Worry about their personal brand While they're playing Yeah Bro, Blue Wire has so many Active athletes That are on the network And they have their own shows And podcasts And yeah. guest spots Like consistently throughout Like people do that shit All the time I think it's, it's Durant has the boardroom Yeah Ron has uninterrupted Like they're doing all this shit To build themselves For when Yo, for as much money as they're making, I know this is going to sound crazy because we're talking about people that make $20, $30 million a year, but eventually that shit's going to run out. And also, I and they want to set up themselves for, for after. Na- after. Like, yo, you retire. You're 35 years old. Bro, I'm 31.
1: You also don't know what you're... Like, you also, your identity is lost too. And think about it.
2: You're retiring at 35, 36 years old from playing a sport. That means if I was a professional athlete right now, in five years, I'd be like looking for what's what's life what's after next? this. You know how many pro- athletes I talk to after they finish playing, and they're like, "like
1: tough." It, it, you hear some bad stories, yeah, bro. That's your identity, and I also think, um, it, yeah, no, no, no. It, fuck, I, fuck I, I I lost my chain of thought. Um, it's, 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 uh, it's not. It's just like not fair because it's I, not a th- fair. It's criticism. not fair, and and I think where it's coming from is you're not established yet. I think that's what it is, right? It's like, you're nobody, which is not the case. Mm. You're the number six, five pick in the draft, you know, with 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 NIL now, you could have been a millionaire before you even got here. So, uh, you old man, chill, because I'm great at what I do, even if I haven't done it where you're at yet, you know? Like,
2: I think it's just dumb. I think it's dumb. That's that's being very nitty gritty and nitpicking at like the smallest thing. Dude was considered the number one pick from like September. Yeah. And then he yeah. drops because of this. Uh Giants, the schedule. Um It's not the worst. It's not the worst. And they have some games that are winnable games. Like they play the Bears, they play the Jaguars, they play the Texans, they play the Lions, they play the Seahawks, and you play the Panthers. And your division's not tough. And either. your division isn't the toughest of it. Yeah. So it's it's manageable. That's why I think the win total is at seven. Now, I'm not taking that. I don't think so. I think if all things go well, I think seven yeah, can be that. I have a different one for you. You know what I would rather do? What? Brian Dable's 25 to one to coach be coach of the year. You? In the event that they sneak in as a wild card. I'm not saying it happens. But i rather them to make the playoffs...
1: If they make the playoffs, he's winning coach of the year.
2: I would say so. And it's plus 250 for them to make the playoffs.
1: I like where your head's at.
2: I'd much rather bet
1: the coach to win coach of the year. Yeah. As opposed to... It's a correlated bet. And also, you're going to get the best out of Daniel Jones this season. You got a quarterback. You have have an offensive coordinator whose bread and butter is mobile quarterbacks Mm. that, you know... Physical. I mean, no one that can, can be compared to Josh Allen. He's a physical specimen, but from a m- mobility perspective, Daniel Jones is, is is he can move and he's big and he can right. He, yeah, he can do his nah, thing on the ground. Move. I, I'd say that's his best asset. It's his is it, moving moving the pocket and moving with his feet. So there's transferable skills from the quarterbacks that you have, and I think similar to like a Trubisky, Daniel Jones is playing for his life. You know, even if he doesn't kill it, even if he plays well enough, I bet you someone will make him a starter next year. You know what I mean? Somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of that, you know, bodes well for the Giants. And then you just took two people that could start on day one. Yeah. Neil is going to start. Thibodeau will probably start. Those are two guys to impact rookies that should make a difference sure, on yeah. day one. So-
2: and if you look at last year's draft, you get Ojolari, and then the year before that you get Andrew Thomas. So now you're looking at you probably have your defensive ends locked in and then your, your, your tackles. Yeah. So that's a good direction. Um, South?
1: Nothing else on this division? Commanders? Mm. I, I like the roster, but I don't know about Wentz.
2: I don't really. They open up the season pretty well. 3 of their first 5 games are against teams that combined for 12 wins, the Jaguars, Lions and Bears. But then they have a tough stretch of Philly, Dallas and Tennessee. If you're basing That's why the, these these strength of schedules can be a little misleading. Because if you have the Titans on your schedule, it's going to make your strength of schedule appear difficult because it's basing it off last year's win totals, whereas if you're projecting the Titans like how I'm projecting the They're Titans. They're to take a step back. It's not a, as tough of a matchup with the Titans this year. But the strength of schedule will tell you it is because last year they won 12 games. Do you follow what I'm saying there? 100%. So when you're looking at strength of schedule, I think the best advice I could give someone is you need to do some of your own handicapping as far as, well, how how good do you think the Panthers are going to be? Imp, or not the good. Eagles are going to be? Just, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, throwing yeah. out names. You might think like, yo, the Panthers are going to win 10 games. I might be like, yo, you're crazy. They're going to win two. But then when Allen and the Falcons have the Panthers on the schedule, it's going to say that, yeah, it's a weak matchup. You follow? So
1: 100%. Isn't there a way to look at the win totals based on Isn't there a way?
2: You could look at the win totals expected
1: this year. Ver, yeah, yeah, that's like the real way to look that at it. That would right? be
2: what I would suggest. Yeah.
1: Look at your look at your team schedule. Yeah, don't base this. Don't if your team is is playing a first place schedule at first glance. That's tough, and generally speaking, it probably will be. But take a deeper look at those first place teams. Are they maybe projected to take a step back, and that will maybe Let's help?
2: Look at it. If you're Buffalo, right, For, you're playing a first place schedule. You're gonna play the Bengals, who I think are gonna, you're gonna regress, take a step back. and then they're gonna play the Titans, who I think are gonna
1: regress, and now you and the Chiefs, possibly, right. In the West, you play the first place team, right? Either. Right, yeah, I'm and saying who could potentially take a step back, so or that the other schedule. Th-
2: it doesn't seem as daunting as it does on the surface. Like you're saying yeah. when you're reading it. Um, all right,
1: let's go to the South. I'm I'm fascinated by the Saints because I think a lot of people are I obviously liked the Saints last year too, right? Weren't you like I? Yo, the Saints way? were a couple injuries away, man. Yeah, you know, like so they gave up a lot in the draft, but they took two. Two
2: guys that are gonna play for them though. Yeah. And I, I, yo, I love Olave, dude. Yeah. I'm not the biggest college football guy. I'm not gonna pretend to be. But I feel like anytime I watch Ohio State in a big game, they're playing Penn State or Michigan or in the college football. Wilson player.
1: had some big games too. They both had the big games.
2: man, though, so I feel you. Nah. No, nah, but, but Olave would make like sixty yard catches.
1: Olave is a home run threat. Yes. Which but, is
2: what the Saints haven't mm-hmm. had since like Cooks. Yeah. Honestly, Cooks. Yeah, Brandon Cooks was like the last guy that they had, uh, and like those random like
1: Kenny Stills years. Or yeah, Kenny, Kenny Stills one A, no one B. One B. Willie Snead. Uh, Willie Snead. Um, I think that Alave is the most ready on day one. He run like ran the best routes, crisp. You could put him all over the field, slot, outside, very interchangeable, very versatile. He may not have had the, you know, may not have the highest ceiling of all of those guys taken in that bunch with the Jamisons and the Wilsons and the Londons, but he was the guy that you could take on day one and he would come in and make an impact. Just because he was the most ready. And I think that speaks to some of the stuff that I said about the Saints, where I think the Saints think that they're ready to compete because you take the lineman, you take the wide receiver, you bring Jameis back. A couple of you know, who was their quarterback last year? It was Taysom Hill, but he had the broken thumb. It, Jameis got hurt. They were like book th- book from Notre Dame started like they were three and one before Jameis got hurt right yeah. four and one something like that so I think they think that they could compete and I don't know I I I I feel like I just tend to be higher and also when you think about Sean Payton you have everything all of the positives of Sean Payton right you have the scheme still there. Right with Carmichael running the show on offense, but he's but he but him being there is actually not there, and I wonder if that's a positive, you know, new voice, you know, different guy, different coach. It 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 sounds different, while still maintaining all of those principles of the Sean Payton offense, right? Like imagine you get to keep the offense, but then you know maybe have a different voice in there. So anyway, I just I think it could be interesting. I think it could be interesting. Their win total is currently at eight, flat. Yes,
2: minus one ten in either direction. The Falcons are at five. The Bucks have the highest in the NFC at eleven and a half, and then the Carolina Panthers are at five and a half.
1: Panthers are a shit storm. Panthers, but yo,
2: don't you like some of their talent though?
1: The coaches. The coach is. Way over his head. Well, it's not even that. It's just he knows he's gone. They don't have a quarterback. <laughs> Although, I like Corral. Yeah. I like Corral. I think uh, he'll be the quarterback by week eight. And turn it over. He he may last season rule. Maybe he's already looking at college jobs, I bet. Like... I don't. I like some of the pieces. Don't get me wrong, but it's just a mess, kind of like they what they didn't do anything at quarterback. And I and I knew going into the season they weren't going to draft a rookie because when you're a lame duck head coach on the hot seat, you're not taking a rookie quarterback. So it's like mm. you're going to roll the dice with Sam Donald in a third rounder that I do like. That's that's your plan. I'll see it.
2: Yeah, I remember talking about the Panthers a couple of weeks ago. And did you know DJ Moore has like the sixth most expensive contract in the NFL for wide receivers?
1: I think DJ Moore is like wasting his career in Carolina. Yeah. Like, yo, look at his numbers and look who he's had throwing the ball to him over the course of his career. He reminded me of a DeAndre Hopkins. Like, mm-hmm. yo, one of the things about D-Hop was like, yo, he was productive and he had jobbers throwing the ball it's to him. Jobbers, yeah. And I kind of think it's similar to DJ Moore. Like, yo, he's paid well, but I think it's because he's good. And I think, mm. like, if he was on a different team, it would be
2: totally different. Yo, should the should the Panthers entertain the idea of, like, trading Christian McCaffrey? Isn't that another guy you're kind of wasting? I know now you're definitely never drafting him in fantasy. Nah,
1: because now there would probably be value on taking him seventh. He's not falling to seven, but right. four maybe. Uh,
2: Dude, even the two games he played last year, he was dropping like 30 burgers.
1: (laughs) I understand what you're saying, but they don't even have a quarterback to have to pay yet, so I'm not even worried about that. Hmm. I usually just kind of correlate like, you know, like when, when you're looking at like those charts and it's like yes or no, and then you go down the chart and it like takes you to another question and then it's like yes or no. And then like depending on the answer, you go down like another path or whatever. To me, it's like, should I pay my running back twenty million dollars to chart? Are you paying a quarterback a lot of money? No. Then yes, you can pay. A, then you could pay a skill guy twenty million dollars. Gotcha. So I think it's fine. It just you get hamstrung later on. Um, I don't know. I'm. I, it seems like you like Saints over
2: more than anything. Right? Eight wins.
1: Would they win last year? You have it in front of you.
2: Last year they won nine games.
1: With, with who? With no Michael Thomas. Let's go with him, bro. No, I think he's back. I think I, yo, I think it maybe had something to do with Sean Payton, man. I, I think it's gonna. be... Don't call call me crazy. I think it's gonna be addition by subtraction. Because that guy that's they hired Dennis Allen. Everyone loves him in the organization. He's from the Saints. I think he was the defensive coordinator, which a defense that has overperformed over the course of the last few years and it's just a different it's a different guy you know a well respected guy in the organization and yo like i i could understand you know you being a saint like what's the first thing you think of the saints it's Sean Payton like all they would every it's the same talking point oh Sean Payton offense Sean Payton offense. you know what i mean like it's like I, never no rub for the players exactly so
2: yeah man it's a weird division i mean Tampa Bay's 11 and a half. i think they
1: they're the it says, yeah, the NFC as a whole, bro. I, I that's why you know the NFC as a whole is a tough because some of the divisions there's the clear winner. Mm-hmm. Some of the other stuff is fun, but it's it's, you know, other than the West, right? Every division, or at least two of the four, you know, yeah, like Packers are good. Yeah, and I mean that's where that's
2: where I was gonna go to NFC North. Yeah, so the Packers. There's a team who Aaron Rodgers, like when he plays a full season, wins no less than 10 games. Like that's, a, that's a gimme. The Vikings are at nine. The Lions are at six and a half. The Bears are at six and a half. And the Packers are at 11. Dude. This is going to be a cop-out answer, but I think the Packers at, at best win 11 games this year. I Got really it. think Adams is massive, dude. Because it goes back to what we were saying about, like, the Titans, right? We we loved the wide receiver room when it was A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. But our concern last year was if one of those two guys went down or if both guys went down, what's behind them? Like uh, uh, Westbrook, Westbrook-Akine, right? Like You're like, what the hell? Yeah. But... Now with the Packers, even with Devontae Adams, it was still a big concern about their wide receiver room. And now you lose Devontae Adams and you lost MVS. Now it's Alan Lazard and this rookie that's coming in. in
1: Walking, North Dakota State, kid. Don't
2: sleep on them. I just think that they're going to have to maybe rely more on the defense and a running game and knowing that you have Rodgers to not throw games away for you. That's the kind of approach I, I feel like Green Bay might be going with. But 11 is high.
1: I'll bro. say this, though. They last year they won 13
2: games, and one of the games they lost because Rodgers sat out because of COVID and they lost to Kansas City. Yeah. So it's like, this is really, this was like a, I mean, they played the Chiefs too, so it wasn't really a, a, a layup that they were going to win that game. But this a, Matt LaFleur has won 13 games in all three years that he's been there. It's scheme. like the most wins a coach has had in his first three stints.
1: I think Devonte Adams is a is a big loss, but I do think that the way that that scheme is set up, mm. it's running and it's play action. I think you'll be able to survive as long as the running game works. I think. You don't think get more- me wrong, Devontae Adams it draws massive attention, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But I think if you're able to, you know, control the line of scrimmage, you're able to. Control time of possession, you're able to kind of work that play action, and that's what they do. Don't turn it over. You know, it's different if the offense is like built on this one guy. You know, is it not though? Was Green Bay? It's Rodgers. It's built on Rodgers, but also one weapon. No, I mean I think they have two top, two top twenty running backs in the NFL. A really good O-line.
2: I was going to tell you that they're probably going to rely more on A.J. Dillon.
1: They have two great running backs. A.J. Dillon, and I remember him from Boston College because I feel like the only way you really know college football players is A, if you really love college football or a team or you bet. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember betting on A.J. Dillon a lot. And he's, I remember him back in the day and I remember when they drafted him. I was like, yo, that guy is a dog. Yeah. He didn't even get drafted high. I just remember games where he would carry them. And Well, I think the approach, if, if you're a Packers fan,
2: the approach that you probably have to think in your head that they would take would be looking at the Thursday night football game against the Cardinals. Heavy run game, heavy Aaron Jones out the backfield. Yes, A lot of underneath stuff to, like, Randall Cobb or, you know, uh, Tongan before he blew out his knee in that game. And it's like that's how you would envision this team without Devontae Fair Adams. Way. And also I think Rodgers had, like, a 138 QBR without <laughs> Devontae Adams, too, and was, like, 11-3 in his career without Adams. Because I remember that was a heated debate we had in our group chats. You were like, yo, I would never want to pay a wide receiver that much money. How many wide receivers at the top? Uh, you know, making $20 million, have won Super Bowls. And then I was arguing with you like, yo, look, this is, this is like a three, four-year sample size. Like, DeHop was the first wide receiver to make $20 million Big money.
1: more. That was in like 2017. And now but, you look at the Rams, and they just did it with Cup, who is not paid. He will be eventually be paid a lot. Right. But he, he was still paid a good amount. Right. Um, so,
2: I'm with you. What do you think about the rest of the division? Anything else jump out to you in the north? I think, I think Detroit's going to be better. I think Detroit will be better.
1: Yo, That's the, actually a team. How many wins did Detroit have last year?
2: So Detroit last year were three thirteen and one, but they were like so many close games that they, yo, they lost. They were like eleven and eleven five and one against the spread. Yeah, Our, I'm
1: on Saint Brown, Saint Brown, fourth that was round pick,
2: boy. fourth pick, fourth round pick. You couldn't, you couldn't trade. For St. Brown with MP last year, if you gave him Devontae straight up. They the have a good <laughs> O-line. Has... Good running backs. Well, I think the kid out of Bama. Yeah. If he...
1: Jamison Williams. Yeah. He's he going to back... miss a couple games. He's going to be good as new. Yeah. And by the way, people that I know that are big in college football, they said that if Jamison Williams played in that game, it would have been different.
2: Oh, yeah. And also, he would have been the first wide yeah, receiver wide taken. Yeah.
1: Um, Which he was also. No. Oh, no. Gary Wilson was was. third. Drake London went eight.
2: London. I thought your boy went first. Well, Drake London
1: is coming off of an injury as well. Yeah. So um, I think the Vikings are interesting because they finally have an offensive coach who's like modern. He went from Zimmer, old school defense, to McVay's right-hand man in L.A., new off uh those pieces on offense that the Vikings offense is good enough to make yeah. some noise right Nah, for sure so i think kind of with an influx of maybe a new voice and i've been saying that a lot but i think it's important there's always that one or two team that gets the new coach and they kind of turn things around and not to say it was a a, a dumpster fire cuz minnesota lost a lot of close games as well last year that was another team who maybe similar to the raiders were like on the the shit end of the stick right um, but that's you know their responsibility. I'm not saying yeah. anything. But anyway, I just think you know with a new it's Kevin McConnell. I think is his name. Um, what the are the, Kevin Kevin O'Connell? O'Connell, sorry. yeah. yeah. Uh, Green Bay is minus one seventy five. The Vikings
2: are plus two seventy five. And then the Lions and the Bears are at ten to one. Yeah, no. I don't. Uh, I think the going to be better than Chicago, bro. The the Chicago's weapons are. So- They suck. Chicago's team is not that good. They lost Mack also. I don't...
1: No, Allen Robinson. I mean, not that he barely played anyway. He did anything. It's
2: like Darnell Mooney now. It's probably the only guy that... It's Darnell
1: Mooney, uh, a kid they drafted in, I think, the second or third round, who I actually like, Um, but they're not setting up... Like, talk about the complete opposite of the Jets. Even the Jaguars, for that matter. The Jaguars spent $20 million on a B receiver. To at least help the rookie quarterback, right. the Jets are spending second and first round picks. They're signing Corey Davis to make Zach Wilson feel comfortable and get him these weapons. And what's Chicago doing? Nothing. <laughs> Darnell Mooney and Sims. Is Sims on. I don't even know. Sims is on. Was on on, on Washington, but it's like Cole Komet. More tight ends. Come on, Remember they had bro. like nine tight ends. They're on not doing last anything year? for Justin Fields, and I wasn't even as high on him as other people were last year. And I think over the season he actually grew on me. You know what I mean? And the reason he grew on me is because he did so much with so little. Yeah. So I it's think weird, man. I, I think I was, a flyer on Minnesota is interesting if you're not as high on, on on Green Bay.
2: Yeah, yeah. The thing is, like, Kirk Cousins is what fifty nine and fifty nine in his career. So that graphic, he's made like over like one hundred sixty million dollars guaranteed. Best He's agent. not bad. Kirk
1: Cousins is like...
2: No, but I think you know what your ceiling is with them, right? Like,
1: you'll sneak in. Who in the would you rather guard. have, Kirk Cousins or Jimmy G?
2: I'd rather have Jimmy G.
1: I disagree, but that's fine.
2: I don't think it's that much of a difference.
1: And you like Jimmy G as the guy.
2: I like Jimmy G because he won't, like, he could play in primetime. Like Kirk Cousins has is is like three and twenty eight in his career. In prime yeah, prime. but we've seen Jimmy G in big spots deliver. Look at Cousins when he was with the. And sh- yo, yo, Jimmy G, not for nothing, dude. He's a tough bastard. No, dude. yeah, no. But everyone injured loves him. In the cold, everybody in loves him. Bay, like you know, doesn't care
1: the situation. I'm getting paid twenty million. There's a rookie. Whatever's best for the team. Mad handsome. Love him. Everyone loves him.
2: So I, I think I would, I would take Jimmy G only because I feel regular season. How about this? Regular season, I take Kirk. Kirk put some nice numbers.
1: Yeah. I think... Uh, don't the forget, book. Kirk's best... Remember who the coordinator was with Kirk Cousins when he was in Washington? That's right. Shanahan. So... Uh, and also, there were rumors of, like, Cousins to San Francisco, I feel like. Well, that the was La- uh,
2: when he first got to San Fran, that was, like, the, the, the big, fantasy book. And, yeah. like, yo, that's a definite.
1: And so I think... Anyway, I, don't, I got sidetracked, but I just think... It could be a lot worse than Kirk Cousins, and I also think he has a lot of pieces in place to set him up for success. Oh, dude, yeah. So.
2: Uh, I mean, how many two-receiver running back combos have you taken over Minnesota? Not many. Not many. Yeah. Not many. I'd have to sit there and think, but off the top of my head, I can't think of, like, yo, know, Justin Jefferson's like a top three receiver in the league.
1: Two wide receiver and running back.
2: Yeah. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to yeah. to think about. Like yeah. the only one I can think of right off the top would be maybe Cincinnati, but that's I think, a, that's but I think one. Cook is so much better than Mixon, where I would give the edge.
1: What about Waller, Devontae Adams, and Renfro? No, oh, I know you have to go running back. No, yeah, or are you nah. just say three skilled guys. No, nah, nah, I'm
2: saying two wide receivers and a running back and a running back.
1: So I wouldn't go. No. I wouldn't go.
2: Nah, not <laughs> Jacobs. But it's a hard it's a hard. But Adams,
1: you know. and Renf- Adams and Waller.
2: Bro, Renfro too.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, no
2: no, slouch. The defending champion, LA Rams, plus 120 to win the division. Niners, plus 175. Cardinals, plus 400. Seahawks, 16 to 1. I don't think the Seahawks line is wide enough. I think they should be like 40 to 1 because there's no chance in hell they can win this division. Yeah. I think even if the, all the other quarterbacks in the division got hurt. They still can't win this division. Yeah. I just think Seattle's in, a, in in shambles right now. Did you see Seattle opens up Monday Night Football Week One against the Broncos? Really, in Seattle? Yeah. We didn't talk about it too much on the last pod, but I want to just mention uh, some games that jumped out. There's gonna be uh, football on Christmas, mm-hmm. so now you're Disrespect gonna have respect to the Yeah, NBA. yeah, they don't give a fuck, bro. They don't give a fuck. There's gonna be World Cup during the NFL season too. So like Thanksgiving. When have, does the World Cup start? The World Cup starts November 18th. Damn. And then uh, Black Friday is USA England at two o'clock. That's gonna be fire. That's gonna be a banger. That's What's be his name? Two? Got hurt,
1: bro. Who on the USA? Robinson.
2: Yeah, Miles Five. Robinson, man. That's he was a... he
1: was like our one of our best players, right? Dude, one of our best defenders. Defenders. He was probably
2: gonna start. For the US men's national team. Yeah. And he's going to be off for the whole World Cup. Yep. yep. Achilles. Achilles. Yeah. I mean, you know, unless he has like a Cam Akers recovery, but even that is like asking a lot. We oh, still he's asking a lot. deal with yeah. that shit. Anyway. Um, but uh, all right. So you got Seahawks Denver week one. You got Rams Bills is the Thursday night football game week one. That's a banger. Spicy. Christmas on a, uh, football on Christmas. The Chiefs play the Rams and Bengals back to back. And then <laughs> also, I find it interesting, Bengals versus Bucks. Brady, Brady, Burrow, Burrow's the second coming to Brady and shit. Like I think that's a fun little matchup. Yeah. Anywho, back to this. Right. So the Rams, their win total. What would you say their win total is if you had to guess? Ten and a half. Ten and a half. Is it? Let's go. Minus one ten. Either way. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are eight and a half. The Seattle Seahawks are five and a half, and then the Niners are ten.
1: San Francisco, man. It's just... I tried to tell you. You did, yeah. Yeah, you did. Ten wins, like, every year.
2: <laughs> when his quarterback doesn't get hurt, right? That's yeah. what it was you were telling me? I think... Uh, How crazy is it that I slandered Kyle Shanahan on that one episode, and then they ended up going on a
1: run all the way to the <laughs> NFC title game? It's usually, how it goes, right? Like, when you that shit team on is healthy, the team it's not just the quarterback, it's the team as a whole. Mm. You know what I mean? When they're healthy, they produce. Um, <sighs> Cardinals are eight and a half.
2: What do you think of that? Last I, year, the Cardinals went 11 and 6, no, they started D-hop. hot. Yeah, no D-hop for six games because he got suspended. He's going to fight it like everyone does, appeal it. Maybe Maybe he gets reduced to like four
1: games. But they got enough guys to hold the fourth down. Yeah. Because say what we want about Hollywood, I also like Rondale Moore a lot. You still got Ertz. You still have Kyler, who is an offense in and of himself. Hmm. So I think they have enough to hold it over. Plus he was hurt last year towards the end of the season anyway.
2: I'm worried about Kyler just moving forward, how that's always going to be his M.O. Like, he's always going to get hurt at some point. Because so far, that's what we've seen. Like He takes a bad hit, and then it just it becomes a lingering issue for Cause him. Because then he'll play through it. He'll play through it, and then it just completely – they don't run him as much. It's weird, man. It's a weird dynamic. Because, like, Josh Allen, when they run him, <sighs> like, he punishes people when he runs, yeah. right? But he's—they're also very calculated when they're when they're gonna run him.
1: The thing about Kyler, though, that I will say is he's smart. He knows when to slide. Like, so you're right. He does get injured, but I do think it's not. Maybe I would call it more like freak, weird injuries than like him getting cracked. Like it's less of that. You know what I'm trying to say? But granted, he's running. He could get hurt. It's all the same. I just think it's a little different um, from that perspective. But. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals finished third. They fire probably Cliff. would go.
2: Fire Cliff? Yeah, you would have to, right? I don't know. Would you have to though? Like you're making the playoffs, you're competitive, you're. You're right. And it seems like there's no rift between Kyler and Cliff. There's a rift between Kyler and the organization. Like, why haven't you paid me yet or extended me? But. You know, that would be a weird situation. Yo, last year they were 8-1 and one at, on the road, bro. 3-5 at home. You think that changes? Yeah, it's hard to be that good on the road, dude. Because also, like, you're playing a different schedule. It's not like, you know, you're playing your, your division, but it's you know, you're probably not playing the same teams on the road. So, yeah, that I think that changes. That's just, you know, no one had a better record than them on the road. Like the Cowboys went seven and two. Eagles went six and three. Rams went seven and two. Again, the home field thing, right? And then the Cardinals went eight and one. Why do you think teams play better on the road? Because now that I'm looking at it, it's like not that like San Francisco six and three, right? You look at the AFC Patriots six and two everyone else like at best f- like a lot of the AFC teams play better at home like Kansas City 7 and 2, Buffalo 6 and 3, Titans 7 and 2. Like is there anything to it or is it just like No, probably just-, just
1: like the depth of the NFC is not as strong. So the good teams go on the road, and they could beat up on a shitty team because the NFC's not as strong whereas the AFC, the third best team in the AFC set of the a- AFC North
2: Chargers and the NFC East <laughs> They'd be like minus 400 to win the division Yeah
1: For real that's, good, no, that's a good point
2: But instead they're plus 280 to win their division Is there anything that jumps out to you As far as like these uh, win totals in, in, in the north In the west, excuse me
1: So Seattle's at five And a half, yeah And you have the under as the favor or the over The favorite The money is showing that On the over, right? Five and a half To win six games
2: Minus one hundred twenty five to the over. Plus one hundred five to the under. And look, last year they went seven and ten, but that was a Russ.
1: Yeah. And for the Cardinals, you have nine, you said? The
2: Arizona Cardinals, their win total. Just out of here. My page just refreshed. Arizona. I can't I find Arizona? I just. Eight and a half. Juice to the under, minus 120 for Arizona. So eight and seven. So people are betting the eight and nine. Eight and nine. Fuck. They went 11 and six last year. You know, they lost Chandler Jones. They lost Edmonds. They lost Edmonds. They lost Kirk. For you know, he was a, he was a, he was a security blanket for Kyler. Like him and Kyler played together in college a little bit before he transferred. Like they were, you know, I call them the Twitch Bros. Like they always with Chase Edmonds. They'd always stream Call of Duty on Twitch. So for me, it's an under on Arizona because of Kyler Murray. Like Kyler Murray just gets hurt, man, and it's unfortunate because he's really fun to watch. And I think that that's just something that you got to take into consideration, man. Yeah. You know, Seattle starts off with three opponents having three new quarterbacks start for them. So they open up against the Broncos, then Trey Lance for the Niners, and then Mariota for the Falcons. Jimmy G could be the quarterback. Jimmy G could be the quarterback. Absolutely. But
1: he's coming off the shoulder surgery. Niners traded three picks for
2: Trey Lance. There's a chance Seattle could come out the gates, not hot, but like, you know, when we do our quarter breakdown, like, yeah, they're three and two. You're like, because look, then they play the the Saints, who are going to have a new coach, and then they're going to play Arizona without D Hop. There's a scenario where they could be like three and two, and we're like, oh shit, I can't believe that they're you know they need three more wins to get their win
1: total. Yeah, and then it's just and then it's
2: like they you know they go one and ten the rest of the way. And know. even the Charles Cross, they take in the first round. Look who he's... Randy Gregory week one, <laughs> Bosa and Armstead in week two, Aiden Hutchinson, J.J. Watt, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, Thibodeau and Aljelari. Like, you know, his first eight games, he's going to be going up against some pretty good pass rushers. Yeah. Oh, and this is also one of my favorites. Ready for this? No team will travel more miles
1: yeah. than the
2: Seattle Seahawks this season. And check this out, and the last five teams to have traveled the most miles in the NFL, their win total four and one to the under.
1: That's powerful.
2: Get and your their team is in front. the rosters in shambles too. Right. So, and we're factoring in the the travel, the miles, the division, and, and the roster. their roster being in in
1: shambles. I, yeah they're going to go back to the they're going to go back to the way that um Pete Carroll likes to run his offense. They're going to just pound the rock and try to play defense. It's going to you know, they're all of the all of the butting heads with Russ, the I want to throw more all, that, all that's over. It's going to just be it's Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Yeah. They they didn't even take a quarterback, I don't think they did. Nah, they
2: were rumored to take one in the first round and then in the second round and then I wonder if they actually like Drew Lock or they're actually trying to tank for one of the quarterbacks next year. <laughs> Man, I don't even know like it's it's Stroud and Bryce Young like Bryce Young I'm off of already because I just don't like Bama quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, the ba- the thing about Bama though uh is the offense has dramatically changed. You know, Nick Saban used to just be two wide receivers fullback tight end and a running back and he would just pound the rock right like six years ago but he's he has as you know philosophically he, even nick saban and alabama has opened it up where their offense is a little different and now you got you know it's a it's i don't know i hear what you're saying though but i think it i think it's shifted a little bit
2: last thing i want to mention about the niners in this division is the rams and niners play each other twice in october Remember last year they played week 18. They won. Yeah. And they got in and then they played the third time in the NFC title game. So that's going to be uh, interesting. And then Tom Brady and the Bucs are going to travel to Candlestick Park to play the Niners too. And then the Rams on the surface have the hardest schedule of any team in the NFL based off last year's wins. So what do you like in the NFC, man, if you have to give a win total? Best bet. Either win over the total or win under the total. Saints. Saints.
1: Yeah. Saints. Over eight and a half. They're better than they were last year. They're healthier than they were last year. All they have to do is just do the same thing that they did last year, which I think is end the division. You know, I think is worse. I think the Panthers got worse, and I think now you went from for Atlanta. You go from Ryan to Mariota, who knows how long before he gets hurt. And I hate to say it, knock on wood. But I just think there's a lot of winnable games for that team. Hmm. Maybe they steal one from 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 the Bucs, right? And then they take care of the division, and then... Which they always do. Which they always, they always steal do. steal one
2: from the Bucs, yeah. So...
1: Saints.
2: For you? me, I think Philly, bro.
1: Yeah, that was my other pick. That was my other pick, hundred percent.
2: I think Philly's gonna get a little sprinkle in the futures market too.
1: I'm just worried about I think the Giants are gonna be better this year. I would how much better is a conversation? Yeah.
2: Look, the Giants' schedule is not bad. It's not a murderer's row. They don't have that stretcher. where like, fuck, that October is going to be bad, which last couple of years, it's been pretty And, been yo, pretty who played rough. quarterback
1: for the Commanders last year? Can you remember?
2: It was Heineke. <laughs> and Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen a little bit, and then it was Fitz, Fitzpatrick for one quarter.
1: It was, right? No, I thought he got hurt before the season started. No, nah, he
2: got hurt against the Chargers. Okay. Uh, might have not even been a quarter. It might have been a drive. Yeah. Yeah, but it was like Heineke
1: and... And now it's Wentz. I don't I've I'm I I don't like I'm not a Wentz guy as much as I used to be, but I still think Wentz has more in the tank than those guys. I
2: mean it's clearly an upgrade.
1: Yes. And you know, At the defense see, I think a lot of the criticism the defense got at the end of at, at last year was oh, this defense isn't as good as it was advertised to be. Mm. They played some bad teams, and I think that's fair. But I also think because the offense was so bad, it in turn impacted the defense as well. That makes sense. I think it's both things, but but I think the defense can, you know, Curtis Samuel was hurt the entire year for Washington. Yeah, they got as well. nothing from him. So and he was a big get. Yeah, that's my hesitation on the Eagles. But going to my head, I would I, I, I would go over so.
2: Eagles over Saints over big time
1: and look, this is the first time we're going to do this again. Yeah, we'll
2: do this come yeah. summer where we know more information and it's closer and we gathered more thoughts. This was just, you know, once the schedule came out, they put out the wind totals too. So like the wind totals came out right right after the draft, I should say. Yeah. So it was the first first rundown. That's why I labeled it the way too early wind total predictions. I'm in. I'm Lock it banger. in. Lock them in. Where can they find you? Impy seven one eight. At Veterans Minimum is where you can find everything for the show. At Nick Day is ten is where you can find everything for me. And we will catch you guys next time.